You are listening to the Missions History Podcast, brought to you by the International Mission Board, where we remember the past to inspire the future. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to Missions History Podcast. I'm David Brady and my co-host, Scott Peterson. And today we're going to be talking about one of our most remarkable Southern Baptist missionaries by the name of Thomas Jefferson Bowen. But um, one of the reasons that I say that Bowen is one of the most remarkable Southern Baptist missionaries is because of the the breadth of the work that he did in such a short period of time. Um, We all know the sort of famous missionary, David Livingston, um, but really we don't understand that almost at the same time, we had a missionary doing a lot of the same sorts of thing, exploring and ethnography and those sorts of things. Yeah, just in a a slightly different part of Africa, whereas David Livingston was in Central Africa, what we now refer to as Central Africa, but was really more Southern Africa. uh, Thomas Jefferson Bowen was working in what we would now refer to as Western Africa, but he referred to as Central Africa. Central Africa, right. And so uh, we want to talk about this because there's so many aspects about his life that continue to be vital for our mission being able to go forward as Southern Baptists, and we'll we'll talk about those as we go along. Uh, but to kind of set this up, uh, Thomas uh, Jefferson Bowen is born in 1814, um, and he's born in Georgia, um, and he, uh, as a young man, he loved adventure. Uh, he was involved in the Second Creek War. Um, where uh, he kind of got a a taste for battle. Uh, He actually moved to Texas for the fight for Texas independence. And then became a Texas Ranger. He became a Texas Ranger. Um, He said one of the things he realized while he was in Texas is that he loved the praise of men. He loved having glory. And that's really what battle brought. But As he began to realize that, he said, what is it if I rose to become the greatest general of this age, but I did not know what my soul, what would happen with my soul? And and so in this, he becomes convicted of his sin and he uh, trusts Christ as his savior, goes back, he he, uh, resigns his commission, goes back to Georgia and there in Georgia, uh, he is moving toward a law practice. Um, you know, in God's providence, one of the things that uh, happened with Thomas Jefferson Bowen was there were many slaves in Georgia. And that contact with uh, these Africans that had been forcibly enslaved and brought over here uh, really had an impact on him. And, you know, Thomas Jefferson Bowen was a soldier. Till his final breath, he was a soldier. And he wanted to be able to find what was the toughest assignment. That's where he wanted to go. Yeah, and, you know, he began, he, he read a lot. And he read accounts of British missionary reports and the work in Africa. And God began to use that to get a hold of him and to begin to call him to Africa. Yeah, you know, we think about um, Southern Baptist, the Southern Baptist Convention and the uh, sort of most significant um, aspect of that, which is the Foreign Mission Board. 
And really, it arose out of this conflict over slavery. Yet, to be fair to that whole issue, many of these early people were very concerned about uh, reaching um, the enslaved population and also about uh, Africa. And so before Bowen, we actually had uh, African-Americans in the country of Liberia. Um, We want to do a whole episode on that. But um, Bowen uh, decides that starting a work in Africa uh, would be the toughest assignment he can pick. He's not married. They don't like the idea of sending a guy out by himself. Um, And so he goes around trying to get anybody, recruit anybody, and nobody wants to go because Africa was already becoming known as the white man's grave. And basically it was sort of, I mean, really, for lack of a better expression, it was almost a suicide mission. They just thought, you're going in, you're not coming out. Why would you waste your life? Uh, But he was convinced that if God called him there, God would keep him alive as long as he needed to, to accomplish his mission. So he would ask, nobody would go. There was a a missionary couple that was headed to, uh, to China, and the wife died before they could go. And the husband was named Harvey Goodale. And he just said, I'll go with you. And so he became Bowen's companion and they left the United States and went to um, the country of Liberia. And um, and that's and kind of where they began. And they're accompanied by an African-American. As they're well. accompanied by an African-American who things didn't go very well with him. He ended up uh, sort of leaving the uh, that partnership, uh, there in Monrovia. Um, but Harvey Goodale, he and Bowen start to try to go into the interior and Harvey dies. Um, and Bowen is left all alone. Uh, at that point, really what would make sense would be for him to return to the United States, but instead he goes back to the Uh, to the coast and takes a ship around the slave coast or gold coast uh, to the port of Battagree. And that's where he enters into Yoruba land, what today is known as Nigeria. I think the thing we may not realize as Southern Baptists is we sent hundreds of missionaries to Nigeria. That's right. I mean, Nigeria and Brazil and China would be the top three of places we sent missionaries. So hundreds of people, uh, in uh, starting with Bowen, uh, he opened the door, would follow him uh, into that region of the world. So when he gets inland, he begins to study the language that is spoken there, the Yoruba language, uh, a language that's not written um, down. And he, as he begins to study it, he begins to record it. He begins to translate scripture into it. And he writes a grammar and a dictionary that was published by the Smithsonian. Um, and because, and but even today, as Alan will tell us, that he that's a legacy that he left the people there, the Yoruba people, by preserving their language and preserving their culture and even to the point of recording their stories uh, of their history of their past. That's right. And that's uh, that's so true that the language, he was key in sort of the preservation, the teaching of the grammar, but also his book, Central Africa, uh, records the history of a people that would have lost that history 
because they really weren't writing at that point. And so he is a very important source, and they view him in Nigeria as a very significant uh, figure, um, not only for his missionary work, but also for his cultural um, uh, gifts that he, legacies that he left as well. Well, there's an episode of his time there, and you've written about it, where his experience as a soldier comes to play, but also that this Georgian, this Southerner, comes to and he cast his lots with the anti-slavery forces, so much so that he begins to organize and lead in this battle. Uh, that's right. Um, you know, this, as I say, is probably one of the greatest ironies of early Southern Baptist missions history is that Thomas Jefferson Bowen, though he didn't raise an arm himself, he didn't actually take up a weapon, he was key in organizing and encouraging the citizens of Abiyukata as they withstood the attack of the Dahomey warriors, uh, who were the pro-slavery forces and actually repelled that attack. Um, and, you know, Bowen, the reason this is so significant is all of the other missionaries that were, were British, they were safely tucked away, had nothing to do with this battle. Now, today, I mean, you know, Southern Baptist missionaries are told, you don't get involved in any political situation, nothing like that. But, but listening to Alan Olentunde, who is a Nigerian, who is a Yoruba man, uh, who is a Baptist, he actually thinks this was a key moment in opening people's hearts because it said to them, this man cares about us as human beings. He cares about our freedom. And so this was sort of a shift uh, as far as people beginning to listen to Bowen. And so much so that Bowen, as a, as a signer or a, a, aides in the treaty, that abolishes the slave trade in that part of Nigeria. Yeah, and it's really a, a remarkable thing. But, you know, Bowen, though he's involved in, in linguistics and in culture and in these political issues, he really was there to preach the gospel. Um, he moves on in into the interior. Uh, his first convert comes in a town called Bai Olorupelu, and Bai Olorunpelu, and uh, this lady hears the gospel. After three days, she's converted. She brings her idols to be burned. Um, but Bowen says he really makes a mistake at this point. He he is very eager. He has the nature of an explorer, and he does. He's not satisfied to stay in this little village. And she wants to be baptized. She right? wants to be baptized, and he refuses to baptize. He her. refuses to baptize her. He says there are no other Christians. There's no church for you to be baptized in. And he should, he, by his own admission, he should have stayed there, uh, tried to organize a church, have some other converts around her. But instead, he presses on um, and he, he finds this uh, town even more in the interior called IJ. And this is where he wants to set up mission station. He gets there and he's pretty much exhausted. So he goes all the way back to Abiyokata and then back to Lagos and takes the ship back to America. And this is only a few years after his original arrival in Africa. But he says, I've got the place for our mission station. I need to go get recruits. And so he goes back to the United States. He goes on basically a, a, a barnstorming 
uh, missionary uh, preaching tour to try to raise support. Uh, he does get two couples to go with him um, back to Africa, and he also finds a, a, a single woman who is not single for long because he marries her, uh, Lorena Davis, uh, to become his wife. And so they they go back to um, uh, to Yoruba. And the reason I keep saying Yoruba is it wasn't yet Nigeria till the early 20th century. Uh, but da- David, let me stop you right there yeah. because I think, you know, in the recent decades, we've had an emphasis on people groups in the at the International Mission Board. Uh, as a part of what uh, the department that I work in, Global Research, looks at as the peoples of the world and evaluates the status of work among them. But I think that we often uh, project back and think, well, years ago we saw places as countries, but that's really not always the case. And it's evident in the story of Bowen about how he really was focused on a people group in Nigeria. It was a kingdom. It was a land that became a significant part of the nation of Nigeria later, but he had a people group focus with the Yoruba. Exactly. And you know, the thing about the people group focus that is really important, what, I mean, there are a lot of, lot of factors, but at the end of the day, it's language. This is really the factor. So he learns the Yoruba language even though you might have somebody living very nearby, they would be speaking a different language. So this is this really becomes the linguistic, the ethno-linguistic aspect that is really the driving force here. Um, and the thing that you see, though, when they arrive back, these other two couples. Uh, the Denards and the Lacys, the, right? The, the Denards and the Lacys. They're both, they're all Georgians. Um, and this is the the amazing thing, though, is when you read their journals, is half of the entries talk about being sick. This was a place where they all were, they had fever, they had chronic dysentery. They um, they were just always one step away from death. We actually have a, a couple of them die. Another couple returns back to the United States. Um, but then they have a happy moment. We have the first Southern Baptist MK, missionary kid, born in Yoruba land, and to honor the Yoruba people, they name Lorena and Thomas, name their daughter, Mary Yoruba Bowen. And they said this just filled their homes with such incredible joy. And it was just a few months after this uh, little uh, life had been born that she she died. And it was just such a, a sad and tragic moment uh, Lorena describes in her diary just the stillness uh, in their little hut uh, after the death of their little baby. Sickness, death of colleagues, returning home of colleagues, death of a child, sickness of their own, and yet they continue. And, And it wasn't long after the death of that daughter that the Lord sends them another missionary to join with them in the work, W.H. Clark. W.H. Clark. Who I think someday, David, we just need to have an episode on Clark as well, because he has some fascinating aspects of his work and ministry. Absolutely. And and Clark is faithful in baptizing um, believers there in IJ. And um, there are a number of things that happen, but I guess really where the story goes that it is most poignant, but probably most needed is that this chronic sickness 
These are in the early days of um, the derivative from poppies known as laudanum, which is, I guess, uh, uh, the the poppy and alcohol mixed together. And this was basically missionaries in most of these places had to be their own doctors. They were sent out with little medical kits, including laudanum, and they were told only use a couple of drops or whatever. And Bowen becomes dependent, addicted to these painkillers, right. these these uh, opiates that um, were really providing the only relief. And, you know, talking to to one missionary in particular about this, he said, you cannot imagine the pain that malaria creates in the nerve endings. And it's this, uh, basically, this opium was the only thing that would give him any relief. It's a, a very debilitating disease and can be, and you're right, we can't imagine, I don't think, about what before modern medical practices and the lack of knowledge about some of these diseases, they were really treating the pain and the symptoms more than they were the causes. That's right. And and a lot of these uh, diseases get in the blood and just like you said, like malaria, diphtheria, others that recur and you have these high fevers and lots of of aching, just really debilitating diseases. And the reason that we take time with this is this continues to be the story of missions. When you're going to the least reached people, to the hardest places, people are going to contract diseases. They're going to struggle with their health. Um, But this is the sort of the thing that happens. Bowen, uh, Thomas, and Lorena's health continues to decline till around 1856, and they return to the United States. And while there, um, Bowen publishes his um, history, Central Africa. Uh, He publishes his grammar, his Yoruba grammar and dictionary. Uh, The Smithsonian publishes that. Um, You know, one little kind of side note, on the central, his labors in Central Africa, um, he refused to take any of the profits from the book. Mm. And um, he later regretted that because he is going to end up a pauper. But he put all of the funds in a, um, in a basically a, a holding tank for a road to be built between Lagos and Abiyukata. And eventually, wow. years later, those funds were used in the process of building that, that road. But in the meantime, after they've returned to the, to the States, he's, he's published these two works. He looks at beginning missions in another location. That's right. He, well, at first, he wants to go back to Africa. Right. And we're sending people uh, in the 50s to Nigeria. Um, but the board says your health is just, right. they, they recognize it's not good enough. But they think there's... Uh, another place they've been interested in starting uh, mission work, and that's in the Empire of Brazil. At that point, it was the Empire, the country of Brazil. Um, and so yeah. Bowen volunteers. He yeah. says, I'll go. And in 1859, he gets on a ship and he uh, travels to Rio. He, exa- he travels to Rio. You know, this is the other thing. We talked about, you know, our most fruitful mission fields, which would be Brazil and Nigeria. And here, this guy is the fountainhead of both. We don't really think of him in terms of Brazil because he didn't stay long enough to really establish anything. 
but he really was the first in both places. And so when he arrives in Brazil, he begins to look around and what does he see? This is, this is a, a, a key point. He notices that there are a lot of, like in the South of the United States, there are a lot of slaves, but these slaves are, many of them are from Yoruba. Right. And they're speaking Yoruban language. And when Thomas Jefferson Bowen comes out and he's speaking the Yorban dialect, they can't believe it. Right. And so he begins to work with them. Uh, but then the, the Brazilian government steps in. The Brazilian government is afraid that he is in this language that they don't know, that he is fomenting sedition, mm. that the slaves are going to rebel and revolt. And so they really put a clamp down on that and they, they forbid him to uh, minister. But, but I mean, just think about this for a second. Here, Thomas Jefferson uh, Bowen pioneers work in Nigeria. He is the first missionary that we have to Brazil. He is also the first one that we have working with a diaspora of people. And he is also back in Nigeria. He was the first that I can find, first Southern Baptist missionary to preach in a Muslim city. And um, you just name the first. Thomas Jefferson Bowen just is one after the other. He's a pioneer. And so he, he has to leave Brazil. He comes back to the States and the story just takes a, a, a wrong turn, if you will. Yeah. And you've written about this and I've talked with uh, more recent missionaries who are so appreciative of the article that you published because it opens uh, our eyes to the struggles often that many missionaries who have to come home from the field for health reasons or medical reasons face and the emotional conflict that often happens. And so what happened to, to Bowen? Yeah, as you mentioned, they were not able to stay in Brazil. A number of factors, Brazil was way more expensive than they had counted on. They didn't have enough funds. But Lorena later tells that basically uh, Thomas Jefferson Bowen, her husband, was beginning to um, basically lose his mental sanity. Um, he was uh, the the uh, one of the side effects of um, ongoing laudanum use is mental derangement, and so he even in South America is already beginning to have hallucinations. So he does not make a decision to leave. He was not even capable. Lorena makes the decision on her own and doesn't even ask the board. She says, I'm taking you home and borrows the money. It's not till later that she's even repaid. Uh, But she was so desperate. She knew that her husband's psychological state was so fragile that if he stayed there, he would die. And when he comes back, uh, what happens to their, their, their life at that point? So they, they come back. um, uh, This is, um, you know, right at the beginning of the civil war in the United States. Um, a lot of things are beginning to, uh, to change in the South. Uh, he assigned, he tries to become, um, a chaplain. We don't have any actual record that that actually happened, but essentially his mental, um, uh, clarity just continues to erode. Um, they move in with Lorena's family in a town called Greensboro, Georgia, and, Thomas, he just can't stand it. And so for almost the next 15 years, he is um, 
basically becomes a vagabond. Um, the image I use in my article, you know, we see sometimes veterans uh, from, you know, the different conflicts that we as American citizens have been involved in Vietnam or one of the Persian Gulf Wars, and they come home, maybe they're str- struggling from PTSD, maybe they, they uh, you know, they have different mental issues, and they become homeless. Right. That's Thomas Jefferson Bowen. And he's riding the rails, right? He's riding the rails. He he says he just can't stop. It's like staying in any one place overwhelms him. I he uh is just he he feels so compelled to keep moving. And so he goes to Texas and then to Florida. There's even a story about him sleeping on the floor of the courthouse, the mayor's office in Tallahassee, wow. Florida. Um, not Tallahassee, in um Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, he's just, um, it's really a sad sight. He takes to alcohol. And because of that, people didn't understand the mental illness. They really just thought he was just making bad choices right. and become a bad man. And because of that, pretty much Southern Baptists turn their backs on they him. They do. And, but he comes, he comes around and he checks himself into an asylum, right? To try and dry out, if you will. That's right. He checks himself into um, a mental hospital in Milledgeville, Georgia. And uh, in that hospital, um, he basically goes in and out and he knows that he's got a problem and he really wants to try to uh, get his sanity back. But it really just never it never happens for him. Really, the story just ends very sadly because finally uh, he checks himself into the mental hospital one last time. Uh, he dies ashamed of what has come of him, and he's buried in an unmarked grave uh, there in Milledgeville. No one knows where he is. But before he had died, he he was just a really a wonderful writer. But he wrote a poem to the church there in Greensboro, Georgia, and he said, "Dear brethren, unto you and God, my sins and follies I confess. Dark are the paths which I have trod." and full of pain and wretchedness. Full well I know I never can climb to the point where once I stood. I ask it not of God or man. My sole desire is to be good. And being good to be once more a useful servant of my race, not useful as I was before, but as an evidence of grace. And I think that that's really the story when we talk about these missionaries, they're not, it, the, the greatest thing about any of them is not who they are. It's who they served. It's who saved them. That's right. And they, and, and here Bowen reminds us he had wonderful accomplishments, but you know, when he stood before the Lord, the only thing that he would be able to say is I am a recipient of your grace. That's right. I've not deserved it, but you have given to me uh, your forgiveness, your love, your adoption brought me into your family. And uh, I think that's really the story. I mean, we we need to remember missionaries are real people. Uh, they struggle with physical health. They struggle with mental health. Um, they can, like, I mean, you know, I'm a pastor. I've seen it over and over again. People get um, not even intending to. They get uh, dependent on painkillers. I mean, it happens to Christians all the time. Um, there's so many things. And so I would just, I see his story as a reminder 
we've got to we've got to one recognize missionaries as real people and we have to pray for them as real people. That's right. And and you know it's amazing because God takes broken people and he redeems them. Yes. Through his mercy and through his grace and then he uses them even in the midst of their brokenness and and so we've talked a little bit about how uh, TJ Bowen's life ended but you know he's not remembered that way in Nigeria at all That's right. he's remembered as an instrument of God's grace in opening up the work there in Nigeria and opening up it in Yoruba to helping bring about the end of the slave trade and so God can redeem that life and has used Bowen and his memory and his legacy and the work that he did and just multiplied and magnified it because of his willingness early on to to serve the Lord. And I am also struck as I read about this is that Lorena loved him to the end, no matter the faults, the problems, the separation. I can't imagine the agony that she must have felt, but she she always loved him. Always to the end. And, and that is a beautiful part of seeing the faithfulness of a wife in, in the face of uh, the mental and physical demise of her husband. She continued living uh, for many, many years after Bowen's death in, and was a missions leader in the church there in Greensboro, Georgia. In fact, um, the story is that she started the first band of sunbeams in the entire state of Georgia How about that? there in uh, Greensboro and just was a very faithful, godly um, missions leader in that church for the remainder of her life. And, you know, um, you mentioned uh, about how he's remembered, you know, in Nigeria, they honor him because he was the first to many of the Yoruba people to bring the gospel. Um, they, they have Bowen University, this large university named in his honor. They have the uh, Boeing uh, Teaching Hospital there. Um, they, they continue to recognize that he opened the door. He was not the last. As I said, we had hundreds of others that came and built, but they built on, on what he had laid. It's not just that Nigeria has received the gospel, you know, from 1850 to now. I mean, you're talking 170 years uh, almost, and they are now a mission-sending nation. That's right. And uh, I, he mentioned many countries that Mozambique, they're serving. Mali, uh, Burkina Faso, just a number of countries. Yeah, Chad, uh, Togo, uh, lots of places, UK. Um, and so we want to uh, pray for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria uh, as they continue to carry out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you'll read Missions in the Dark Soil. We'll put those links in the show notes. Uh, I also have a chapter in Not Forgotten. That's right. Well, a great chapter, by the way. And, of course, David has also written an article about uh, Thomas Jefferson Bowen that you can find on imb.org. Yeah, and um, we've mentioned this in other podcasts, but, man, if somebody out there wants a great research topic— uh, to write on this guy. He's got a lot of great letters. There's a, a resources have actually been better collected for him than almost anybody because of, of several interested people in our history. 
um, you would have a great treasure trove of information to really develop a full-length biography of, uh, of Thomas Jefferson Bowen. So if you're interested, give us a call, send us an email. We'd love to help you get started on that project. Yeah. Scott, thank you as always for uh, talking with me about uh, Missions History. Thank you, David. So God bless you. Until next time, this is David Brady for Missions History Podcast. And I'm Scott Peterson. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Missions History Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And check out more great content like this at imb.org.